0: This is the Agile Pods Podcast, and I'm Lance
1: I'm Will Iverson. I'm the founder of Double Robot, an independent video game studio. My background is in software development. I've been writing code since I was a kid. I spent many many years doing software development consulting and then a few years ago I had the opportunity to be able to pivot and switch to making games. Uh, The name of my game is Blaze Sky. It's a space opera action role-playing game. So the one-liner is Asteroids, the role-playing game. It's got Really good 3D graphics, 4K, looks beautiful, runs really well on even pretty moderately powered machines. Gameplay is super easy, it's pick up and play. So even though it looks like a 3D game, screenshots that you could use as desktop patterns, really pretty, the controls are dead simple. You pick it up, easy to play, run around, blow up spaceships, have fun. And that's got a, it's, it's a role playing game, so it's got a big story to it as well.
0: The series started in episode 105. Go to the show archive to catch up. In this episode, we talk about the details of agile software development. Do you do any test automation? Ooh, so
1: this is a really interesting space. So, t- so test automation in games is, r- is a really fascinating space because, like, my background for, di- for gosh, the last 20 years was doing server side stuff, right? And if you're building REST services in 2020 and you don't write automated tests, you're, you're kind of, in my opinion, a little crazy. And that's part of the tools and the frameworks make it so nice and easy. Like if I want to write a rest service that's going to stress test hitting some data service, it's like, cool, I can hear some inputs I want to test, Here's some outputs, easy, straightforward. Game developers don't do that. They don't have any kind of sense of, of writing tests or TDD or any of that. Um, that is not the way that they teach how to do games. And I think there's a couple of really basic reasons for it. Like one of them is the most fundamental questions for games are often things like, is it fun? Does it look good, right? Those are things that are very difficult to write tests for, right? Um, so then there, you ha- a typical game developer might be, hacking really, really fast, trying to make something really quick and dirty. And they're trying to... The goal is to get to the fun place or get to the good-looking place. Um, so when I sat down to make this game, one of the things that made it really weird was I knew I wanted to write this story, right? So I've got missions and quests and items and spaceships and all this stuff. So the guts of the game, all of the parts, the role-playing game things... Um, that's all actually written in C sharp in a command line project Hmm. that has a ton of automated tests. What that means is, is that I can run through every single quest in the game, every single item that the players can pick up every single monster that they can fight. And I've got automated tests that run for all that. And it's just C sharp, I'm using X unit. It's like straightforward, easy peasy. That's probably three quarters of the game is in that code. And then I basically treat Unity as a view layer.
0: What Will is talking about is this basic concept of test organization called the test pyramid. Check out Agile Thoughts episode one through six for information on the test pyramid, which is broken up into like UI layers, the middle tier, and the bot base of the pyramid, which is the where the logic is handled with a lot of unit testing. And like any pyramid, there's a secret tier of the test pyramid. And you'll have to check out those episodes to find out more. There will be a link in the show notes. Otherwise, go use your favorite search engine.
1: And so... It's the graphics, and it draws things on top. And Unity does have um, some support for writing automated tests in it. So I have some integration, to what I would characterize as integration tests that I've written in Unity. And it's kind of like the old app servers. It's big, it's fat, they're ugly. The tests have a lot of like multi-threaded yielding and weighting in them. So, like, if you've ever done Selenium testing, where you're trying to sit and you're waiting for things to happen a lot because you're mm-hmm. waiting for the browser to do DOM stuff, there's a lot of parallels there. You know, it's it's I'm writing uh, these really weird tests, so I'm able to do it, and I'm, I do that especially for a lot of validation between the visual layer and the the back end that things are hooked up. So, for example, like you know, there's a hundred items in inventory, and every one of them needs a sprite to draw in the inventory do the sprites exist or will it not so that way if i've got some cr- something that could blow up later it's cool so that strategy has worked really really well i took the sh- the game to the pax east which is a trade show mm. about 2 months ago and the game ran on a you know razor laptop for the entire show for 4 days straight uh nice. didn't crash once
0: now you mentioned going to a show, and you mentioned pitching. Tell me about that. Like, why do you need to do these activities? Why are you going to the trade show? Why? What's the value you're there to get? Yeah.
1: Well, uh, the the short version is to to act as a um a way to validate that what I'm doing is not crazy, right? So so I guess uh, let me back up a little bit. So about three years ago is when I first started decided to switch into gaming and I started a lot of that first two years was just learning how to use the tools and the frameworks and stuff. And that's another whole story in itself about a year ago almost exactly i took the show to the game developer conference in san francisco and it was basically just a prototype and i literally just made a trailer so i made the prototype in unity and then i took a trailer with me to the, to the game developer conference and i showed it to a bunch of the people at, at like xbox and sony and nintendo and stuff and i basically said you know what do you guys think? And so they you said, carried
0: your laptop to their table or do they come to your uh, event or?
1: No, I just brought, I just brought
0: my phone. They your I, phone. I, oh, okay. Yeah. And I would just grab people at
1: the show and I'd be like, Hey, I'm nice. working on a game. What do you think? And then <laughs> would you want to, I, I was talking to people who were the people at those, those companies that are responsible for actually um, publishing games. Okay. Right, So they weren't just like randos. I mean, I I would do that too, but um, they were were people who who were the ones managing the pipelines of the games. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I said, you know, here's this thing I'm working on. Do you guys think it would be cool? And they all said, yeah. And I said, okay... You know, do you guys see a ton of games in that space? No. You know, is this something that you think would have some legs? Yeah. So that was a good validation. And then going to PAX at the end of February, that's a video game show. It's like one of the biggest shows in the world. There's PAX Prime in Seattle, which may or may not happen this year, this fall. I don't know. But the point of that was to have a booth and to get, we probably had a couple hundred people walk through that booth. I mean, the booth was busy nonstop for four days at one point we had a line with about 10 people waiting to play the game and you know people we'd hand the controller to people and ask them what they thought and that's you know very valuable feedback as a developer on what works what doesn't do people like it Mm. we got a a whole bunch of people wishlisted the game right after that so people would play it i'd say hey you can go up on steam and you can wishlist it and then a lot of them would do it right off their phone while they're saying they'd be like yeah i'd buy this game so it was huge you know the the part that's a bummer is if you're just sitting in your in your office all day working on this thing and you have no idea if anyone will care or want to play it right right so getting to show it off and having feedback, you know, what works, what doesn't like one of the, the game has a camera in it that is very dynamic and moves around a lot and for 99% of the people who walked by They thought it was awesome, and it looked really cool and everything, and we had like a, you know, there's one woman who was like, oh, I get, it's making me motion sick. And the one other person who's reported that's actually my wife. So, now I I put in a button that you can hit that calms the camera down. So, I sort of joke that it's like, the default is the Battlestar Galactica version, and then you can hit a button to turn it into Star Trek mode.
0: Oh, sure. We have a momentum control, or what's it called? Momentum uh, control, or whatever is in the ship. Yep. Cool. That's nice. Yeah, systems of feedback. These are things that are harder to do with books as well. I think it's possible, but but, uh, a lot of authors are sort of introverted, so they don't find ways to pitch their book ideas to their friends and get feedback. But with a game, anyone... We'll be interested in looking at it at least a video because it'll catch their eye, and then you even have this this booth uh set up so so uh you got people to play it. Is that pretty expensive by the way, so you had to invest something in, into this It sounds like
1: yeah, I mean expensive is relative, you know I mean it was like you know the booth was home wasn't that expensive. it was like a grand for the booth, and then okay. um I had two people come with me to help out on the show, and I Covered their hotels and bought nice dinners for them and stuff. They were nice enough to to just want to come and get to hang out and get to go to packs and stuff. So, so I mean, it was it was not like nothing. I mean, I guess, but it's all relative, right? Is a couple grand to do a trade show expensive or not? I don't know that that. Yeah, that all depends. For, yeah. I mean, uh, to put it another way, we got enough pre-orders that if the pre-orders convert the way that they typically convert according to industry standards, um, the show paid for itself. So nice. Yeah.
0: Ace is an agile consultant who shares space with a coffee shop in order to save on the rent. Meet this hard-boiled Agile consultant and follow his adventures on helping his clients become Agile no matter the circumstance. Scrum Noir, the project management comic book that teaches you Agile, is available on Amazon. Just search for Scrum Noir. N-O-I-R. blaze sky is on the steam games platform you can go right there and search for blaze sky one word and you can wish list or purchase the game and if you're listening to this show on a podcast player show notes are automatically downloaded along with this programming and in those show notes are links to cinema of the game showing real gameplay Otherwise, come over to the website and you'll find the same show notes and links. Next episode, we're going to hear more from Will Iverson, founder of Double Robot, about Blaze Sky. So this is now we're doing this uh, area called incremental delivery and fast experiments. When you put yourself back in time where you're thinking about doing this, you know, I'm going to invest some time and I might use Unity and I might use this, and I might use that. Did you do any type of lean startup experiments to see if you, to test your idea before you started investing in building technology?